Hey guys, I don't know if you know this, but I love biohacking. I love testing out new foods, new supplements to feel my best, look my best, perform my best. That's why I'm so excited that we partnered up with Neurohacker. They're sponsoring today's podcast. So this is something new, Senolytics. These are cutting edge ingredients that are making waves in the world of healthy aging. If you're looking to optimize your energy, feel your best no matter what your age, you definitely have to start researching this. This is why I'm super excited to be talking about Qualia Senolytics. See, as we get older, these things called senescent cells build up. They're basically old, worn out cells that hang around and mess things up. They cause aches, slow recovery, a general blah feeling. Think of them as zombie cells. Qualia Senolytic gives your body a kickstart to clear those out. Think of it like a deep cleaning for your body on the cellular level, making way for your good cells to thrive. Honestly, before I tried this, I was a bit skeptical, but guys, the difference blew me away. Within a few months, energy levels are through the roof. I felt sharper. My workouts felt better. This middle-aged sluggishness, it's gone. And you can take quality, this middle-aged sluggishness, mostly gone. So if you're ready to fight those aging effects at the source, head over to neurohacker.com slash success pod. That's neurohacker.com slash success pod for up to $100 off and use the code success pod for an extra 15% off your order. And just a quick disclaimer, these statements have not been evaluated by the Food or Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. And this review represents my personal experience and opinions and is not a guaranteed promise or reflection of anyone else's results. I was given free product in exchange for this endorsement. Eufy is sponsoring today's video. They reached out to me. I tested out their video lock. It is a game changer. I'm gonna paint a picture for you for why I'm so excited to work with them. So, you're getting home, your arms are loaded with groceries or packages or boxes or everything, and your keys are in your pocket. This drives me nuts, this happens all the time. I upgraded to the Eufy video lock, fingerprint, tap, I'm inside. And honestly, I also feel way safer. It's got this awesome built-in camera. So whether it's a package delivery or late night Uber order, I see exactly who's there right from my phone. There are no more mystery knocks. And the best part, this thing was such a breeze to set up. There's no wires, there's no drilling. Uh, there's also no monthly subscription fees. So if you are done fumbling with your keys, because I definitely am, search for Eufy Video Lock or head over to eufyofficial.com slash video lock. Your front door, your sanity. Welcome to Lessons Episodes of Success Story, part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. These Lessons Episodes will be shorter conversations with past guests, valued members of the Success Story community, and myself. They'll be focused on teaching you actionable, insightful takeaways that you can use to upskill your personal and professional life. Today, I'm gonna teach you how to be so good, AI can't replace you. See, the rise of AI is inevitable, but the limit on human creativity is infinite. So we're gonna talk about how to leverage human characteristics and make sure that you're not replaced by a robot because the world is changing faster than ever before. Artificial intelligence and automation are taking over tasks that used to be reserved for people, for us. They used to require human intelligence and creativity. But what do we do about Skynet? It's coming regardless. How do we cope with 
the rise of thinking machines that can outperform us at something. See, these concerns are justified. AI came super quick. Everyone's saying how robots are gonna take our jobs, how AI is gonna surpass human creativity. And this is a very real fear uh, that we will lose our sense of purpose and value in a world dominated by machines. But this view ignores an important truth. We have something that machines can never replace, the power of human imagination. See, our ability to create, to empathize, and to innovate is unmatched by any algorithm. This is a quote from the legendary inventor Nikola Tesla. The day science begins to study non-physical phenomena, it will make more progress in one decade than in all the previous centuries of its existence. But the real question is, how can we unleash our creative potential to thrive in an era of thinking machines? How can we ensure that we remain relevant and valuable in the face of exponential AI progress? How can we be the masters of the algorithms and not the slaves? The plan is to give you an anti-AI toolkit, a toolkit that will make you indispensable and unstoppable no matter what version of chat GPT rolls out. See, the machines are here, but so are the infinite possibilities of the human imagination. Now, this toolkit that I put together has three pieces, curiosity and creativity, originality, and perpetual learning. These are the three things I'm gonna teach you how to master. Let's start with curiosity and creativity. There's six pillars to unlock curious, creative, genius, the first weapon against the machine. So conventional wisdom will always state that curiosity and creativity are these pseudo magical gifts. You either have them or you don't. And this is false. They can be cultivated, they can be built, they can be strengthened, they can be trained through deliberate practice. Now, why do I care about curiosity and creativity? Well, because first, to be creative, you have to be curious. Creativity cannot and will not exist without curiosity. See, it's a two-part problem that we need to solve for. There's a great book, The Three Human Super Talents AI Will Not Replace by Thomas Kamaro Pramuzic and Reese Akshtar, and they speak about how to architect curiosity, empathy, and self-awareness. These are not my three, but these are another three, but they are three critical talents that AI is really unlikely to replace. But the one part that I wanted to pull out from this book is curiosity. Now in the book, there's a study based on an article published in Harvard Business Review. Here's a quote from the study. It's all about curiosity. Curiosity is the engine of intellectual achievement. It's what drives us to keep learning, keep trying, keep pushing forward. But too many people lose this innate quality as they grow up. So we need to foster curiosity in ourselves and others, especially in a world where innovation and creativity are essential for success. But then you ask yourself, how can you measure and improve curiosity and creativity? See, in the book, they referenced a case study from a global consulting firm that wanted to find out this particular and solve for this particular problem. They use an online assessment tool to measure the curiosity levels of their employees, as well as some adjacent skills and personality traits. And guess what they found out? Curiosity was positively correlated with performance, client satisfaction, and retention. And they discovered that curiosity could be enhanced by feedback and coaching using methods like asking open-ended questions, challenging assumptions, seeking diverse perspectives. Very simple, but very effective. So what's the lesson? Curiosity is not just a trait, it's a skill. It's not just a feeling, it's a habit. It's not just a gift, it's a choice. So by understanding curiosity's core drivers, you can actually train it, learn it, which is going to allow us to be more creative, to activate that inner da Vinci that we need to fight against machines. So again, in summary, curiosity, you have to build it up so that you can be creative. Now, the study results that that global consulting firm put together, they created and delivered a tailored curiosity development program for their employees, which boosted
it all these great KPIs work outcome significantly. So again, we have to approach every single problem with this curiosity mindset. It is a mandatory requirement in order to be a creative individual. So now that we know how to approach problems and be curious, now we can train ourselves to be creative. And here are these six items that we have to consider in order to think creatively, assuming that we're living life as a curious individual, which is again, the precursor. Visionary thinking. Visionary thinking is the ability to imagine and create new possibilities for the future. Remember, the current version of AI is built on millions of data points and inputs from past data. So think of visionary thinking as the opposite of AI training data. It's the ability to see things that haven't happened yet. It is the source of innovation, disruption, and impact. Now, how can you develop visionary thinking? Well, the first step is to avoid copying existing ideas. You can't just follow the crowd. You can't just accept conventional wisdom. You don't just do what everyone else is doing. Instead, you have to challenge assumptions constantly that underlie the current reality. To quote Socrates, an unexamined life is not worth living. This applies not only to your personal life, but also to your professional and your creative life. So examine the beliefs and the models that others usually take for granted. Don't become some tinfoil hat wearing conspiracy theorist, but do ask more questions. Be critical of quote, the way things have always been done. Analyze existing playbooks, strengths, and weaknesses. You're going to always be asking yourself, what if things were different? What if I could change something? What if I could do better? You also want to think from first principles, not analogies, and not to get too complicated, but first principles are the fundamental truths that are independent of any context or situation. Whereas analogies are comparisons based on similarities or patterns. By thinking in first principles, you can break down complex problems into their basic elements and then build up new solutions from scratch. By thinking from analogies, you can only replicate or modify existing solutions and you limit your creativity. Some of the greatest visionaries of our time were Steve Jobs, Elon Musk, Richard Branson. They all won the game by questioning the status quo and creating new products, services, and industries that no one had ever imagined before. They didn't copy, they created. See, visionary thinking is not a gift, it's a skill. Again, stemming from that curious mindset. It's a skill that you can learn and practice. It's a skill that you can use to actually make a difference in the world, or you know, you can use it to keep your job, or you can use it to beat Elon to Mars, your choice. The second thing we got to think about is expanding our inputs. So creativity thrives on combining diverse idea sets, but we limit our potential significantly when we stay isolated in our domain, when we only do what we're trained to do, which is our comfort zone. You got to break out of your bubble. So don't limit yourself to your own domain or your own field. Don't stay isolated in that comfort zone and settle for what you already know. You have to explore diverse and unfamiliar domains and fields. You have to follow your innate curiosity and passion into these unknown territories. You learn from arts, psychology, cosmology, or any other area that interests you, history, whatever it is, read books, watch videos, listen to podcasts, take courses, go to events, meet people. Remember, we're trying to achieve our creative inner da Vinci. And if we actually want to use him as an example, he was one of the most creative geniuses of all time. He was renowned for equal talents in art and engineering. He was also interested in anatomy, astronomy, botany, geology, many other subjects. See, he combined his knowledge and skills from different domains to create masterpieces such as the Mona Lisa, the Last Supper, the Vitruvian Man. He didn't specialize, he synthesized. Creative inputs are not just facts. Think of them like puzzle pieces. They're puzzle pieces that you can use to construct new and original combinations. They're puzzle pieces that you can use to solve problems, generate ideas, and make an impact. And here's another Steve Jobs quote, creativity is just connecting things. This speaks to creative genius perfectly. The more creative inputs you have, the more creative outputs you can 
produce. Creative inputs are not a fixed quantity. They are a choice. So if you expand your inputs, you expand your impact and you will expand your outputs. The third thing that you have to focus on is thinking divergently. So convergent thinking is focusing in on one particular outcome. You're reducing possibilities. Divergent thinking explodes possibilities wide open. So divergent thinking is the ability to generate multiple diverse and original ideas and outcomes. It is the opposite of convergent thinking, which is the ability to narrow down and select the best idea. But how do you develop divergent thinking? Well, the first step is to ultimately delay judgment and entertain sometimes unconventional, even impractical ideas. So you don't dismiss or criticize ideas too quickly. You don't filter or censor your own thoughts and you don't just follow the rules or norms blindly. Instead, you embrace eccentric diversity. You want to fuse disparate, different concepts into these fresh combinations, very much following up what we just spoke about with Creative Genius, but you have to experiment with different perspectives and scenarios. Um, this is all how you approach problem solving. So when you look at, for example, Thomas Edison, he is one of the most prolific inventors of all time. And to quote him, to invent, you need good imagination and a pile of junk. What this means is that junk ideas often contain seeds of genius and that imagination is the key to unlocking them. So you don't reject, you explore. Divergent thinking is not just a skill, it's actually an attitude. It's an attitude of challenging status quo, seeking new possibilities and value, creativity over conformity, and you're valuing really impact over just convention the way it's always been done. So always delay judgment, entertain the unconventional. Your attitude always has to be one of openness and exploration. And you can do basic exercises to help this. You can you can do brainstorming, you can do mind mapping, uh, you can do what's called scamper, which is substitute, combine, adapt, modify, put to another use, eliminate, reverse. It's a way to think through problems. You can do random word association techniques. Basically, divergent thinking is the lifeblood of impactful innovation. So the more divergent ideas you have, the more convergent solutions you can find. Divergent thinking, again, is not a gift, it's a choice. The next thing, the fourth thing that you have to focus on is intrinsic motivation. Intrinsic motivation is a drive to do something, not just because you enjoy it, it's because it's a source of passion, purpose, and fulfillment. And to increase intrinsic motivation, uh, we have to ensure that the things that we're working on align with our inner purpose. You're not just chasing money or status. You're not letting external factors dictate your choices. You're not compromising on your values or your mission. Instead, you're staying guided by your mission, your why, your reason for being. And there are a few good exercises for figuring out your North Star, but that's for another newsletter. You want to maintain creative autonomy over the projects that you're working on when possible. You want to you have to choose work that challenges you, inspires you, and makes you happy. And you're going to learn later on from Mihai Csikszentmihalyi, who is a psychologist, about a few other topics. But I just want to introduce him now because it's important for you to understand the work he's done. He worked on flow and he coined the term flow to describe the state of optimal experience. Well, this ties back to working on things that you care about. And he found that when people are intrinsically motivated, they develop skills, attach meaning to their lives, they achieve higher levels of performance and satisfaction. So this all ties back to this intrinsic motivation. It's not just a feeling, it is a massive force that can fuel innovation, it can fuel creativity, it can ignite a ton of potential. And you've heard the Simon Sinek quote, people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. And I know a lot of entrepreneurs listen to this show and NetSuite has been a huge supporter for entrepreneurs, for business owners, because there's one thing that we all know. 
Business is about making money and it's about your bottom line. And the less you spend on the nuts and bolts of running your business, the more profits you keep. But these days, everything is costing more. Supplies, people, shipping. It squeezes your margins. And I've been there juggling multiple systems for finance, inventory, you name it each with its own costs and its own set of headaches. That's why I made the switch to NetSuite by Oracle. It's changed our company. Think about it. NetSuite is one of the top financial systems out there. It puts your whole business on one platform, accounting, finance, the works, one data source for everyone. There's no more mismatched info. And because it's in the cloud, it slashes your IT costs. No more servers, no more updates. Just access NetSuite from anywhere. With one integrated suite, your overhead drops big time. And here's the real win. Efficiency. Everything's connected in NetSuite. Costs are ridiculous lately. Find a proven way to reduce your expenses and get better performance out of your team. It's a no-brainer, and that's what NetSuite offers. Over 37,000 companies have figured this out already. You have to join them. Right now, through to April 15th, NetSuite's got an incredible, flexible financing plan. Check it out and see the savings yourself at netsuite.com slash scottclary. That's netsuite.com slash scottclary. I don't know about you, but the idea of being harassed, scammed, or even worse, all because somebody found my personal information online, that's terrifying. Our political opinions, our addresses, even stuff about our families, it's out there for anyone to grab. And did you know that data brokers are allowed to sell information on over 98% of Americans? It's scary stuff. That's why I've partnered with Delete Me. I personally use Delete Me. They're a big friend of the podcast because I put myself out there online. So safety is a huge concern. It's really scary how easy it is to find someone's details and information, but Delete Me creates a layer of protection that we all need. You tell Delete Me what you want gone, and they make it disappear from those sketchy data broker sites. And Delete Me doesn't stop. They constantly monitor the web to keep your information off those lists. It's like having a privacy watchdog that never sleeps. You need to take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me. They're giving a special discount for all Success Story podcast listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeletemecom slash success and use promo code success at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash success and enter code success at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash success. Hey everyone, I just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond Bourbon. Now I don't have a lot of liquor sponsors on this show. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is actually one of my favorites. I've drank it for a few years now, and this is why we actually decided to work together. Heaven Hill Distillery, family-owned since 1935, is a great entrepreneur story, too. So there's five brothers. They filled their first whiskey barrels back in 1935, and their legacy still lives on today. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is aged over seven years. That's three more than required by the Bottled and Bond Act of 1897. This means the best quality, the best purity, and the best consistency. This is not just average bourbon. It's the winner of the double gold medals at multiple 2023 World Spirits competitions, and they've won the very prestigious Triple Still Award. It's a very big deal in the liquor and bourbon world. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond boasts an exceptionally smooth oak flavor, while its aroma offers a sweet blend of caramel and smooth vanilla. If you love bourbon, you need to try Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond. Available nationally, look for a bottle at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Think back to your last few days in the office. Did any of them leave you feeling really accomplished? Not the kind of day where you're running around like crazy, but where you've made real progress on something that matters. Because being busy doesn't always mean being productive. And I bet you we've all been there. And maybe it's time to rethink 
what it means to get things done. Today's episode is sponsored by Belay. And what they help you do is, instead of getting sucked into emails and to-do lists, they help you delegate tasks and focus on big goals. They can connect you with top-notch US-based talent who are ready to take on those time-consuming tasks that bog you down. Let's be real. There are way more important things you could be doing than bookkeeping or wrangling a packed inbox. They have virtual assistants to handle all of those pesky administrative tasks or accounting professionals to take care of all your financials. But here's the best part. You don't have to waste weeks searching for the right person. Belay's personalized matching service works quickly, sometimes matching you with the right talent to take stuff off your plate in under a week. Are you ready to try a different way of working? Check out Belay's list of the top 25 things you can delegate to a virtual assistant. It might just change your business and your life. Text success, that's S-U-C-C-E-S-S to 55123 to get the list and to start transforming your to-do list with Belay. Thank you so much, Indeed, for sponsoring Success Story. For all business leaders out there, Indeed is a lifesaver. See, we're always driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. You're going to ditch the busy work and you're going to use Indeed for scheduling, screening, messaging, so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Clary. Just go to Indeed.com slash Clary right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Clary. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Intrinsic motivation is the why that matters most because the more intrinsic motivation you have, the more extrinsic rewards you're gonna get. Passion really powers possibility. The fifth thing that we have to focus on is iterating rapidly. Now, remember we're trying to solve for creativity, but what does creativity actually lead to? Well, it leads to innovation, which is not a moment of instant insight. It's a massively iterative process of gradual improvement and fast failure. I mean, we can look at Airbnb, one of the most successful online platforms for renting and hosting uh, rooms and accommodations. Their founders prototype their idea quickly and cheaply and they use the feedback they receive to improve their product and service again and again and again. Another example, Amazon, one of the most innovative and successful companies in the world. The company places these small bets on different projects that can unlock these massive breakthroughs. And the company encourages its employees to experiment with new ideas and projects, even if they fail or lose money. The company even has a process called working backwards that tests customer demand and viability of new ideas before they invest too much money or time into it. And well, how did they do it? All through rapid iteration. See, iteration is essential for innovation, learning, and growth. But how do you actually iterate rapidly? Well, prototype bold ideas, quickly gather feedback, uh, view setbacks as the tuition for growth. You have to place these small bets that could unlock big breakthroughs. Basically, the more you iterate, the more you learn, the more you learn, the more you improve, the more you improve, the more you innovate. And you've heard this line before from Edison, I've not failed 10,000 times. I've successfully found 10,000 ways that will not work. So this is the process of iteration. 
generation. And the sixth and final piece of creativity is flow state mastery. Flow means a ton when we're trying to get into this peak performance mindset that's going to allow us again to fight against the machines. Ideas really don't mean a lot without focus and stamina to execute on them. And this is where flow comes in. You have to make activities that create immense focus of daily practice. You have to structure conditions to enter flow regularly and you have to guard your creative time zealously and you will achieve breakthroughs much quicker. Remember our psychologist Mihai? Well, again, the guy that coined the term flow to describe the state optimal experience, he found that flow state can be induced by following four steps. You have to find a challenge that matches your skills. You have to set clear and immediate goals and you have to focus your attention on the task. And lastly, you have to receive immediate feedback on your performance. Remember, flow is absolutely sacred. It's an extremely important piece of this playbook. Do not let anyone or anything interfere with your flow state. Don't allow others to interrupt you, distract you. Don't sacrifice your creative time for requests that are not needle moving. Remember that urgent, important uh, perspective that you have to have when you take on tasks and don't compromise your quality or quantity of work. You have to guard this time like your life depends on it because honestly it does. Communicate your boundaries uh, and expectations to others. Respect your own schedule, protect your energy, protect your attention, honor your commitment, honor your discipline. Flow state is key, impactful innovation, creativity, uh, and basically any other defense we have against the rise of AI and the machine. So these are the six pillars of the creativity foundation that really hold a key to unlock your inner da Vinci. And right now, after you know learning this, you do have a small chance of beating Skynet and we've really nailed down the creativity piece, but we do have to talk about a couple more things. So we have to talk about originality. Now, we have nailed down the six steps of curiosity and creativity, and originality is another important item. It's not a fixed trait that you have or you don't have. It is very much a skill you can develop and improve on very much like creativity. And it is a reflection of who you are, what you care about, what you aspire to. So how do you find your originality? Well, the first step is to look inward and ask yourself some questions. Don't settle for superficial or generic answers to any of the questions I'm about to list out. Go deep, for example, a five whys framework if necessary. Ask yourself why in response to your answer five times to get a deeper insight out. You can also ask a friend to do this if you're having trouble being honest with yourself. Now, originality. The questions I want you to ask yourself. What activities absorb you? When do you lose track of time and enter flow state? What original pursuits bring you alive? And, uh, you know, as philosopher Joseph Campbell said, follow your bliss and doors will open where there were no doors before. The things you are naturally obsessed with will reveal your natural talent. Um, other questions. What energizes you intellectually? What topics never cease to stimulate your mind? What disciplines really call out to your curious spirit? And you want to follow these intellectual uh, magnets to really uncover your original wiring because they rarely steer you wrong when you really go deep. You want to ask what problems get you fired up. You want to ask what injustices or grievances ignite your passion. What broken systems infuriate you that you feel compelled to fix? Um, what feels like play not work? When have you become so engrossed in an activity that it felt like play? What are your strengths? What are your quirks? What unique strengths and oddities make you who you are? Who do you admire and why? Which figures inspire you most and why? Where do you create best? See, by exploring all these questions, you really unravel your true original makeup. And originality, if you haven't figured it out by now, is uncovered with an exceptional focus on self-awareness. Once you have these questions answered, you have to act. This is where you start to align your work with the activities that light you up inside. 
And then the way you work, again, is through that creative framework. Now, if you always lead from your originality, not external expectations, well, to quote Seth Godin, you're sharing your scarcest resource, your unique perspective. Because the world needs precisely what makes you beautifully strange. You have to trust your originality and your original compass, which will allow you to operate on your own frequency completely unrestrained by other standards, and you become a conduit for this original muse that is living inside you. And that's where you make your greatest impact. Last piece to this puzzle is a growth mindset. I know that we figured out curiosity, creativity, and originality. Now we have to focus on the mindset that is going to allow us to take all these things on and sort of tackle the AI uprise. Because continuous learning is the master skill of the 21st century. And to continuously learn, we need the right mindset. Because simply reading more books or taking uh, the occasional online course, it doesn't cut it. We need to really believe that abilities can be developed through practice and grit. See, this mentality framework creates the relentless drive for self-improvement. It unlocks the superpower of perpetual upskilling. And how do we do this? Well, this is the growth mindset that we have to adopt. We have to believe that abilities are elastic. We have to view capabilities like elastic, able to stretch and expand. They're not fixed traits. People are more alike in potential than different. And what separates the great is their mindset. Psychologist Carol Dweck explained that when people believe their basic qualities can be developed, it leads to greater motivation and achievement. So we need to approach upskilling with the perspective that nearly any skill can be built over time. We have to discard the notions of innate giftedness, and we have to expand a sense of what is possible for you. We have to view setbacks as feedback because each failure does contain a lesson. So and instead of labeling setbacks as demoralizing, we have to reframe them as valuable feedback loops to improve because progress is never linear. You have to upskill patiently, like mastering anything complex. Mark Cuban always embraces this mindset and speaks about it. He's, he said, I've learned that it doesn't matter how many times you failed. It doesn't matter how many times you almost got it right. No one is going to know or care about your failures and neither should you. This mindset is so important. We have to believe that small bets will unlock big breakthroughs. So limiting beliefs, like the thought of, I don't think I can do that, it loses power when you have these small wins. So each skill that you build is a small win and it slightly destroys limiting beliefs because each skill that you build opens new possibilities and expands your identity. So you break ambitious goals into these miniature challenges and you adopt this playful testing mentality where small daily wins create unstoppable momentum. See, these baby steps really stack up. Um, another thing we have to adopt is the ability to practice under pressure. So just like lifting heavy weights builds muscle, practicing under pressure builds mental fortitude. This is accomplished by deliberately working outside your comfort zone. Give presentations, attempt public speaking, take on ambitious projects that require you to expand your skill set. With each managed stress, your tolerance increases. And this inoculates you against all these future unknowns. So we are embracing learning through a mindset of it is possible to upskill. And this is how we're going to combat against AI in the, in the age of AI. We are adopting this agile, almost cyborg mindset of perpetual learning. See, we've spoken about curiosity, creativity. We've spoken about originality. And we've spoken about these growth mindset hacks that allow us to constantly upskill and learn. Because the secret in winning the AI wars is the ability to merge knowledge, insight, wisdom, originality, and creativity with, not instead of, 
of AI tool. And this is where lifelong learning is a core tenant of all of the things we've just spoken about. It's an adventure. It's not this occasional chore. So in summary, this growth mindset equates to viewing abilities as elastic, not fixed, tying learning to intrinsic motivations, reframing setbacks as feedback, attempting small daily challenges, practicing under managed pressure, focusing on the promises ahead, not the temporary stumbles. It's all focusing on this progress compounding slowly over time. And with this growth mindset, there is no challenge that you can't overcome. See, the future will always belong to the perpetually curious, the perpetually original, and the perpetually learning. So this is what we have to seize. See, the future belongs to the creative. Advancing technology easily leads to over-optimization and dehumanization. This is our opportunity. So the rise of intelligent machines is inevitable, but so too is the resilience of the human imagination. Our creative spirit remains truly limitless. No algorithm can replace curiosity, creativity, originality, and the mindset required to constantly upskill. Apple's Tim Cook was ahead of his time when he said, these are things that technology doesn't do. It doesn't have a heart, it doesn't have a soul, and it doesn't have a conscience. But we humans do, and these uniquely human faculties will become even more critical in an AI-driven world. Now, see, we stand at the brink of an automation AI revolution, but this new era needs human hands to shape it. So own your creative tools, commit to lifelong learning, know your originality, and share your gifts fully. Upskill with insatiable drive. See, the coming challenges call for builders, not victims, and mastery, not resignation. And you can heed the call, then watch what becomes possible when human creativity is unleashed.